the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Great to be with you today on our great Pastor Scott Show today, 888-528-2557. And uh, who do you think won the debate? Did you watch it? Did you pay attention? I'm going to tell you about some things. And maybe uh, if, you, if you're not even interested in the debate or you haven't paid that much attention or you don't care right now, it's awfully early, I think, for a lot of people. I suppose if you're in Iowa or New Hampshire, you're a little more interested. It's, it's very early, and I get that. But I think that there are some interesting things that come out of what's happening here and the conversations. It's not too early to talk about the policies and the potential for things that are coming out pretty soon. And uh, I would play for you a bunch of clips about that, except Fox News, Fox News Channel, has put out a bunch of rules for how do we use it. The debate was on the Fox News Channel. And, you know, the way media works is if you're in media, you own that, right? So Fox News, they own the content of that debate. It's their programming. They own it. In world history, however, news events, you share them. And in fact, in most of you know media, what you do is you, if you want more exposure, you want more people to maybe be interested in your programming or to know about it, you want people to share it. You want people to get out there and say, hey, look what, even if it's critical, you know, for the Pastor Scott Show, for those of you who are, are listening, and it's so great to be with you together, you know what, if you want to share the audio or share our social media with your social media, you want to take a clip of it and you want to share it and say, hey, this is what this Pastor Scott guy had to say about this, please do. Is it owned by uh, Salem Media? Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, do you, but we want this. We want you to put that information out there. If you don't like what I had to say, you know what? Share that. Go ahead. Hey, this guy's an idiot. Look at what he had to say. You know, put it out there. Please do that. That is a wonderful thing most of the time. It's a it's a bizarre thing. So this is the this is the rule. And because of it, uh, I'm not going to play clips from the debate. And here's here's why. And if you've been listening to talk radio or listening to other uh, stations, I guess other than the Fox News Channel, you probably have noticed very limited or no clips are being played. And uh, here's why. Fox News says that you can only use for a program like this three minutes of clips. And three minutes, that's, you know, you could have, you know, 18, 20 second snippets or something, you know. Um, 20 seconds, though, isn't always long enough. Sometimes you need a good minute. There's a couple of really great exchanges that happen that I'd like to play, but I can't um, because it's too long. And it's not just that you were limited to just three minutes. It's that in – and the reason I think this is interesting is that's going to lead into new media and how media is changing. And maybe you are a person who watches cable television. You get your news on cable news. But more and more people are getting their, their news, even their television shows, from apps or from subscription services and things like that. So there's a lot of tension going on in cable and broadcast television as it is changing. So 
they said three minutes, and they said you have to delete it after a week, meaning that our podcast, our video, you can watch us now at kkla.com. If you want to watch the Pastor Scott show and just kind of see what we're doing here in the studio, you can do that, kkla.com. You can do that right now. And we use that to send out some stuff. But we would have to actually go back and edit out the clips and replace it with something else. And I don't want to do that to the people who work here, who work really hard, and they're very busy anyway. And now, you know, once you put the podcast up and you have this live thing, it's kind of done automatically. If it's uh, you're watching the video, it's a wonderful thing. I don't want to have to say, hey, uh, Jose, can you go to uh, the video? And I want you to, to listen to and watch two hours of the Pastor Scott Show. Now, I'm sure that Jose does that anyway. Right. I'm sure that Jose, every day after the show, actually goes and watches two hours of the Pastor Scott show because that's the kind of guy he is. But uh, I don't want to say, hey, I want you to watch this and I want you to delete any any clips that I'm using from the debate from Fox News. We can't use them. Make sure you get that done in a week, Jose. Jose just walked into the studio. You got that, Jose? All right. Sir. All right, see, you're lucky I'm not uh, having you do that. And to say to Wilbert, hey, Wilbert, on the podcast that you can subscribe to, just look for the Pastor Scott show podcast. Uh, I want you to go back into the podcast, and I want you to delete anything that we might have used from Fox News because I don't want to get sued. Uh, So we're just not going to do it. And you've heard the same thing from uh, other people in media everywhere today. I think that's a bizarre thing. And on top of it, even more bizarre. See, it's it's just – you know, this is not a sporting event. You know how you watch the uh, the Dodgers or Angels or Padres, whoever you're watching. At some point during the game, there's this little snippet, uh, a legal advertisement they put in there, right? And they'll say, this game is the property of Major League Baseball. No unauthorized use. And what they're saying is, you know, you can't actually use it. Technically, you're not really supposed to use it for anything. It's not yours. Now, the Major League Baseball probably isn't going to do anything to you unless you make money off of it, right? If you're making money off your clips, they're going to come after you. Um, that's how it works. Um, it, the, you know, a debate isn't like this. This is about actual national policy. Debates are about the future of our country. Whether you think this is a, a just a vice presidential debate or not, this might have been a vice presidential debate, right? Uh, this might have been if Trump is going to be the candidate. If something doesn't happen and Trump drops out, right now the polls, and it's early, things can change, but most people think this was a vice presidential debate. Somebody said this is this is cabinet idol. This is people trying out for the uh, the new cabinet uh, on there. I think that's kind of funny. 888-528-2557. So all that being said, at the same time that this debate is on Fox News, there is a, another program that is on Twitter or what's now called X. Did you know that? It's hard to get used to that. You know, the idea of tweeting and uh, tweet and retweet if you're into that. Uh on X, Twitter, formerly Twitter, uh, there's a new program with Tucker Carlson. Now, Tucker Carlson is the news guy that Fox fired a few months ago. And now he does a show on Twitter, on the Twitter machine. And he had Donald Trump on there. And he interviewed Donald Trump for an hour during the Republican debate. That's when that aired. And the interesting thing to me is, is I have no, I can play those clips. I'll play some of those clips for you today. And the reason I'm going to play those clips and not as many from the debate is because Fox has these rules. I find that really interesting in a in a world of media where you want exposure. And I think this is getting to just some things that have changed. Certainly there's a media change. The political change is what worries me the most because I think that we're treating our politics more like television shows rather than real life. Joe Biden, Donald Trump, all of these guys who are on that stage and women 
running for president, they're going to make decisions that affect not only your life and my life, but everybody in the world's life, actually. Whoever wins this next election will make decisions that will impact the globe in one way or the other, positively or negatively. It will impact every person's life with respect to taxation, with respect to infrastructure, with respect to the economy, with respect to uh, crime, with respect to abortion, with respect to religion, free speech. They, this is so important, and it used to be sort of just free. If somebody is covering something that's important, you have the right to go get it, and you have the right to use it. And there, there might have been rules. It's not uncommon to say courtesy of Fox News or courtesy of uh, CBS. Or I usually try to say with some of the clips, uh, here's the station I got it from. I'll try to throw that on there. Sometimes that's required, right? Sometimes uh, you, they say, yeah, you can do this, but you got to tell them where you got it from. And I think that's fine. But to not let you use it, it just doesn't make sense. And I'm afraid that part of that, I'm sure there's a media reason. And I don't know what the media reason is. Nobody seems to be sure. You guys know, if you know, give me a call, 888-528-2557. What's the game being played here? Why would this happen? Uh, 888-528-2557. And we'll get into the debate here in a second, because uh, I do want to talk about and get your thoughts about who might have won uh, the debate. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. So... um. It is troubling to me that we treat Washington like Hollywood when it's not Hollywood, it's real life. That we treat people running for office as more and more like celebrities. And, you know, it's it's one thing if there is a big gathering and you have Donald Trump who could bring in big crowds. And, uh, I mean, he would do those rallies, and he still does, and it's a show. I mean, I know people who've gone to those rallies who don't support Donald Trump at all, but it's such a show. You know, they go to it. Uh, Barack Obama used to be able to draw really big crowds. Remember when he was nominated, they left the, they, they left the, the convention center, I think it was in Denver. Remember that? And they went to the stadium. They went to the football stadium. And they brought in 50,000 people to watch his acceptance speech. And they had all those weird pillars in the background, and it was sort of gothic looking. It was all kind of weird, but it was a, it was a spectacle. Whenever Hillary Clinton thought she was going to become president, they spent all kinds of money at the Javits Center in New York with that glass ceiling that uh, I guess it was going to break. And there was going to be – it was this United States stage with this this pulpit that sort of came up, and it was – I've never seen anything like that. And then she lost. And then, you know, Trump came out in the, the Hilton down the street in a small ballroom he probably paid $12 for. And, uh, you know, some people said, did he think he was going to lose? Why did he do that? Well, actually, the Trump thing was more typical of what happens. And it was it's just so bizarre to me. And this this worries me because the people who lead our nation, they're making decisions, right or wrong, they're making decisions that are life and death. They send our our children into battle. They have made decisions that have sent some of you into war. You've Many people listening to our show today, you've lost family members, loved ones in wars. And in some cases, you, you understood and what that war was. And we have trouble today because some of the stuff we kind of wonder, have we lost our way? Have we, do we really understand why we're sacrificing ourselves. And it's a problem. It's a problem in the military today that the military is not meeting its recruitment goals. It's not even close. Not even close. And did you know that the the military, the Navy, they've been, the recruiting videos that they're putting out are like guys in drag? 
I'm not, I'm not even making that up. I mean, you're, you're trying to recruit people who the truth of it is, is yes, there's benefits in the GI bill, which I think is wonderful. And you can go to college and they'll pay for college. And it's a really great path for a lot of people, military, but the purpose of the military, Rush Limbaugh used to say this, but he's correct, is to kill people and break things. Like, that's the actual real purpose. And the president is the commander-in-chief of this military who sends people to go kill people and break things at the risk of they themselves being killed or broken. It doesn't get more real than that. And we're moving, we have moved to such a place where this is just a show. And that, that is terrifying, I think, actually. Something that we need to pray about for our leaders is they're going to make decisions that impact real life, that will be life and death of people here and people elsewhere, and that will impact and reverberate for years later. How long did it take us to get over, if we're even over, the pain of Vietnam? Where are we at with the pain of the Afghanistan pullout that was just, uh, what, two years ago that was a disaster and painful. And the war on terror, which had its good moments, but also its very bad moments. I mean, there's so many things tied up in this. Inflation, you know, to be less serious about it, inflation matters. How, Mr. President or or Madam, you know, wannabe president, are you going to deal with the economy and the debt? How are you going to deal with things that impact our lives how are you going to deal with the fact that we're spending more money than people actually make, that if you taxed 100% of the people 100% of their money, it wouldn't cover the budget? We have a lot of serious things. So all that is to say the the world has changed and the media changes is is weird. I think uh, you know, my parents in their 80s, and I keep telling them, you gotta, you got to use the smart TV. you got to get into that because the, the channel changing is going to end uh, pretty soon. You're not going to be able to, it just won't be the same. And, I'm, you know, I'm a generation, I'm the last generation that was able to actually go up to the television and turn the knob. Click, click, click. We had, you know, 13 stations, and then you had the U, that was UHF, and there was another knob below that. And then that went up to, what, I don't know, 83 stations or 81 stations. I forget what it was. And uh, we didn't get very many stations growing up. We got uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, and then a couple of uh, local stations, the UHF stations we used to have. And if the president was on, he was on all of it. And uh, that was terrible as a kid uh, to do that. 888-528-2557. All right, to get to uh, some of the meat here, who won? And I think there's different ways to look at it. If you happen to watch, I think that there are uh, some things to, to look at. And a lot of people are saying, well, maybe Donald Trump won. He wasn't even there. Donald Trump was not on the debate stage. And, uh, you know, he this is what he said to Tucker Carlson about it. On Sunday, Donald Trump announced that he will not participate in tonight's Republican candidates debate hosted by Fox News in Milwaukee. Whatever you think of Trump, he is, as of tonight, the indisputable far and away frontrunner in the Republican race. We think voters have an interest in hearing what he thinks. So when Trump approached us about having a conversation for a far larger audience than he'd receive on cable news, we happily accepted. That interview will air tonight in this space at 8.55. We hope you'll watch. Now, he, there's a lot of talk going on about, uh, you know, 100 million people have seen that video. Um, let me tell you something about that, too, though. There's something I think as far as new media when we talk about it. For sure, at least as of now, more people saw the debate on Fox 
and actually watched it than have watched the Tucker thing. Now, eventually the Tucker thing might catch up and you say, well, how can that be? It says there's 100 million people have watched it. The way it works on the social media, and if you put out your own videos and you do that kind of thing, then you kind of know how this works. Your church probably puts your services on YouTube or puts them somewhere, and there's a count down there, and sometimes it's huge. You know, once in a while we would do a a Sunday service, and the number of people watching online was so much more than even the people who came to our church. It was amazing. Um, And it's because it went viral, and at some point people are watching. But it's also because the counts of viewership is three seconds. If you are scrolling on your phone and a video starts to play, even though you're not interested, even though you didn't mean to play it, your thumb just clicked on it, or even though you just paused for a second and said, what's this? And then as soon as you figured out what it was, you just skipped it. It counts as a view. I did not click on the Tucker Carlson video on Twitter directly on Twitter's on Tucker Carlson's site. I have clicked on it multiple times when other people have forwarded. So if there's 100 million views, I might personally be 100 of them. See, And see, in television ratings, when they count you as somebody, I think the, num- the figure is six minutes. You have to watch for six minutes in a row, six minutes simultaneously, before they count you as a viewer. So if you only watch for five minutes, if you turn on the debate last night for five minutes, and then you turned it off, which probably some of you did, um, you don't count. You are not counted in the viewership. Where if you went to your Twitter and you saw the Tucker Carlson thing and you watched it for three seconds, you do count. And you didn't even watch it. So that's the difference. So be careful about, uh, you know, the claims of how many more people watched this on uh, Twitter. Uh, They didn't. Uh, A lot of people watched it for sure. And I think what what Tucker Carlson is doing on Twitter and moving his show there, that might seem – or X. I got to try to say it as X. That's really hard to do. Is brilliant. I think it's going to work for him. And in the long term, other people will go there. That's the new media. That's the change. Uh, And you'll be able to interact in ways that you've never been able to interact. I think that is what's coming. Uh, But still right now, more people actually watch the debate to pay attention to it than sat down and watched the hour of that interview. 888-528-2557 is the number. All right, who do you think won? Who won the debate? Uh, I have different ways of looking at it. There's three different views I looked at this debate. One is if I'm just judging it like a high school debate and I'm marking down points. You know, who scored points, who defended themselves, who made a point, who answered the question better, who was just stronger up there. That's one person who won. But that's not necessarily the person who benefits politically because there's a second winner. The second winners, and there are sometimes winners and losers, are political winners. Like you may not have won on points, but you might have won the debate. For example, uh, sometimes things happen. So in 2020, in the vice presidential debate with Mike Pence and Kamala Harris, do you remember what happened in that vice presidential debate? Anybody pay attention to that? There's something happened in that debate that had nothing to do with policy. It had nothing to do with uh, Trump versus Biden. It had nothing to do with coronavirus. It had nothing to do with anything. If you watch that debate and you scored it like points, high school points, well, Mike Pence completely won that debate. He was brilliant in that debate, if you score it that way. However, at some point in that debate, a fly landed on Mike Pence's head. Do you remember this? And it just stayed there. And Mike Pence has this bright white gray hair, and this dark fly is right there, right in the middle of your high-definition screen, and you're just staring at the fly. And it took three seconds for everyone to realize that this entire debate is now about the fly. 
And in that sense, Kamala Harris probably won that debate, not because of anything she said or did, but because the story of that debate is Mike Pence and the fly. You probably didn't even remember that debate. You probably don't remember anything that was said. Like, I just told you that on points, Mike Pence was brilliant in that debate. He scored all kinds of points. But I'll bet I don't even remember what he had to say. All I remember is that fly landed on his head. I immediately picked up my phone and went to social media. And sure enough, everyone is talking about Mike Pence and the fly on his head. Uh, Other debates, you know, what do you remember? You remember moments. You remember these small things that happen that creates a different experience, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan saying to Jimmy Carter, well, there you go again. You know, when he said that, everybody sort of clicked in. Whenever Gerald Ford said uh, that the Soviets do not have domination over Poland, that was the end of that debate. And he meant something by that that uh, was a nuance that might have, I think what he meant was is that the people of Poland have the ability to rise up against the Soviets and take back their country. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. He was probably trying to encourage that. But as soon as Gerald Ford said uh, the Soviets don't have uh, control, Jimmy Carter had, has never had a smile so big than in that debate. At that moment, he won the debate. It had nothing to do with substance anymore. It had to do with Gerald Ford doesn't know what time it is. Uh, whenever George H.W. Bush looked at his watch during the debate with Bill Clinton and um, Ross Perot, all he did was look at his watch. That was the story. Do you remember anything else about that debate? I think that's that that might be the one where Bill Clinton looked at the guy and said, I feel your pain. But the real story of that debate was George Bush looking at his watch. Just was. Uh, I think that Al Gore beat on points George W. Bush in the first debate of uh, the year 2000. But whenever George W. Bush was talking, Al Gore, you could hear him off camera or see him. He was huffing and puffing and rolling his eyes. He was going to go, oh. And so George Bush is talking, and you hear Al Gore going, oh, oh. see, Al Gore might have scored the most points, but he lost that debate. He lost the presidency that night because of his huffing and puffing. He just did. All right, who won the debate? We'll talk more about this in some substance when we come back. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to share who you think won, give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, Pastor Scott Show. We will be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. A guy like Chris Christie, a guy left with a 8%, think of it, 8% approval rating in New Jersey. Now he's running for president. And he runs solely on the basis, oh, let's get Trump. Let's, he's like a savage uh, uh, maniac. He's like a lunatic. And that's all he talks about. His poll numbers are very, very low. He's about 2%. What's he like? You know him well. No, I've, had, I've been friendly with him over the years, but I couldn't give him a, a job because I just never trusted him very much. Uh, I was just never one of his people that really trusted him. I never gave him the job. And that's one of the reasons he feels so hurt and so betrayed. And I understand that. I really do. I understand it. But I never gave him. You know, he wanted to be different things. He was looking at different uh, elements of the administration and we decided uh, i decided just i didn't want to i didn't want to do it 
That was Donald Trump, who was not at the Republican debate. He chose not to uh, participate, and his reasoning is because he's ahead by uh, 30 or 40 points in most polls. And uh, I think he should be there. I, I don't like it when people don't debate, but I get it politically. You uh, sometimes can uh, mess things up really badly with one statement at a debate. So he, instead, he did a pre-recorded interview on uh, Tucker Carlson's show, which we have access to. Fox News Channel has limited access to everybody, every every media outlet. So we're going to have <clears throat> limited uh, things on the on the debate. But I do want to know if you watched it, and if you did, who do you think won of the people who were up on the stage? And I'll go through some of them. Uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, and he's the one everybody thought if somebody's going to knock off Trump, he's the guy. Uh, But he has not had the best campaign, and he had the most to lose, I think, in this debate. And the question is, does he perform well enough in this debate so people feel more confident in him, or does he do something that uh, makes people worried that he's not the guy? And he has been dropping in the polls. Uh, in different polls, if you look at different newspapers, they do these spot polls. They're not scientific. They're, you know, different things. Uh, many people thought he won. I would say that he's a winner only in the the sense that he is not a loser in the debate, right? He didn't. I don't think he did anything to destroy his candidacy. There was one moment that was pretty bad, if you're watching it. So there are, there's eight guys, eight people. Up, I guess I'm saying guys. There's eight people. So Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Tim Scott, Asa Hutchinson, and uh, another guy named Burgum. What's his name? He's the he's the governor of New of Doug Burgum. Doug. <laughs> I knew what his name was, but it, you know I didn't know what his name was until a couple of weeks ago. And uh, by the way, Larry Elder was not there, and it's it is wrong. The Republican National Committee. You should write them. You should hit them up on uh, the Twitter machine. They robbed him. He should have been on the stage, and he would have had a lot to offer in his conversation about fatherlessness and uh, some different things that he brings to the stage that matter. See, that's something else I was thinking about, too, is that I understand there's probably 50 people running for president. You can't put them all up there. You just can't. Remember in 2016, there were the two tiers of Republicans. There was the A team, the top pollers, and then there was the B team. And they had these two debates, and it was ridiculous. So the Republicans are trying to eliminate that. But the thing is about Larry Elder is Larry is well known. He's not just an also ran. You know, people say, ah, he doesn't have a chance. He's only polling 1%. Well, let me tell you something. If Donald Trump drops out, Donald Trump, who's getting uh, arraigned again, not arraigned, he's being arrested, and uh, that's going to happen <laughs> in Georgia for the fourth time now. And uh, I guess there's going to be a mugshot. Oh, and by the way, I just want to put this out there. I've talked about the, the purpose of the mugshot, you know, politically. Uh, if you're the right thing to do is to go in with your mugshot and make it look like it's a school photo, make it look like it is a portrait that you want to hand out to your mom. You smile, you put on nice clothes, you comb your hair, you make yourself look great. You smile really big. If that is what the photo looks like, here's the difference. If Donald Trump's photo comes out in this mugshot and he looks like Gary Busey or he looks like Nick Nolte, there's a famous mugshot of Nick Nolte where his hair's just all over the place. He looks terrible. If he looks terrible, then what's going to happen is people who don't like Trump, they're already geared up. They're going to put that photo everywhere on T-shirts, on mugs, and uh, they're going to use it. Here's uh, Donald Trump, his mugshot. He looks terrible. However, if Donald Trump comes out and he looks stellar in this photo, and he might, one of the people who already took a photo, Jenna Ellis, who was also indicted, one of his attorneys, she looks fantastic in her picture. She's even using it as her her 
photo on her social media, she looks great. She looks like she works there. She looks like it's her like best ID badge. Like it's it is an ideal photograph. The reason this matters is because if you once you have your photo taken and it's uploaded in this case, when people Google your name, you know, digital stuff, it's forever. For Jenna Ellis, for the rest of her life, she's a young person. I don't know how old she is, but I don't think she's even 40. She's probably maybe in her 30s, maybe. I think the, the thing for her is whenever somebody Googles her name the rest of her life, the first photo that's going to come up is the most significant one, and that is her mugshot in this case. Wherever this case goes, even if she's completely acquitted, that photo is permanent. That photo looks so good that people won't even recognize it as a mugshot in the future. Like, there's a, there's a reason for that. Now, if Trump's picture looks bad, the Democrats are, are going to use it on mugs and T-shirts and as part of the Biden campaign. But if he looks good, the Republicans are going to use that picture, and they're going to put it on T-shirts and mugs. What do you think about that, Jose? You think I'm right? I think you're right. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, his mugshot, a popular Instagram uh, page, they already made shirts about it, sold out instantly. Rudy Giuliani's mugshot, he looks terrible. He looks absolutely terrible. And even if, if Trump has a good mugshot, like, you know, the brand Supreme, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to make a shirt about it. Yeah. And you remember Obama's 08, like, Hope sticker? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're probably going to make something like a sticker about that, too. Yeah. There, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, this whole political side to even these mugshots and how much power is going to be. So I'm, I'm curious if uh, Trump's people, obviously Rudy Giuliani's people didn't say, you got to smile, sir. Uh, or maybe they snap the photo because he's not ready. I deliberately have my my DMV picture taken badly. Like, I want to look ridiculous. My my current one is really bad, but it's not as good as my previous one. My previous driver's license picture is so bad that when police pull me over, they get frightened and let me go. They're like, this guy's crazy. Cause Do you I want just... the uh, Kardashian treatment? Do you want to rent out a DMV just to take a good... DMV photo? You know, I want a bad DMV photo because, uh, you know, the last time I waited in line six hours at the DMV for my real ID a couple of years ago, so I looked terrible because it was terrible. Uh, also, I read in the paper that they're getting rid of several uh, DMV locations so that they can streamline their service. That's going to be helpful. Uh, anyway, what was I saying? Okay, so the mugshot's coming, and that'll be interesting. Uh, winners and losers. Uh, DeSantis doesn't win or he doesn't lose, or he won because he didn't lose. I would say he was fine. Oh, the moment that he, he might have lost is that there's eight guys up there on the stage, eight people. And the question was, are you going to pardon Donald Trump? You know, why would people pardon Donald Trump? Well, because you it's sort of like Ford pardon Nixon. You, you just need to get it over with. That's probably the attitude. Well, now, DeSantis, what happened is he, next to him is Vivek Ramaswamy, whose hand goes right up. He's going to pardon him. And everybody's hand went up. But DeSantis looked to the right, looked to the left, and then put his hand up as if well, I'll put my hand up if you guys put your hand up. That's not very presidential, right? That that did not look good. That was the bad moment for DeSantis. It's like, oh, I'll pardon him. But now the thing is, is he's fine probably because uh, his statements have been, I'm going to pardon him. He's been real clear on that. So it's not like he's actually wishy-washy. It's not like the first time he's responded to that. But it did not look good. I'm telling you, those moments, they matter. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. He, uh, most people think he came in first or second. If uh, you don't know who he is, he's a businessman, and uh, he is 38 years old. And uh, he, he, was, he did pretty well. He made a comment at the beginning. He said, uh, who is this guy with the, the skinny guy with the funny last name? Well, people right away understood, hey, 
he's not the first guy to say that because that's how Barack Obama introduced himself back in 2008. Who's the skinny guy with the funny last name? And uh, he wasn't plagiarizing. He was doing that on purpose. Well, Chris Christie, who I, I wouldn't say necessarily lost, but he, he didn't win. Uh, and he's probably just in the race to bash Trump. And I think most people think that. I think Chris Christie wants to be president. I mean, no doubt about that. But I don't think he uh, I don't think he thinks he's going to win. I think he's in there to bash Trump. Well, Chris Christie was bashing Vivek Ramaswamy. And most of them were in this debate were bashing Ramaswamy. I think it's because they see him as the threat um, to the order of things. Which, by the way, I know I'm getting in the weeds here of politics uh, today. But have you wondered why on the Republican side of things you had – uh, John McCain, and you had you had Mitt Romney, John McCain, George W. Bush, Bob Dole, uh, George H. W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, uh, Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford's a little bit of a different story, but Richard Nixon, as far back just about as you can go. Why did those guys get the nomination? You know what it is? There's a culture in the Republican Party that says somebody's got a turn coming up, right? And uh, it was Mitt Romney's turn. It was John McCain's turn. It was George Bush's turn. It was uh, Bob Dole's turn. You know, I know it. You know it. The American people know it. Bob Dole's running for – you know, he was 105 years old. Why did he get the nomination? It's because it was his turn. And one of the reasons, just sort of in turn, inside baseball, that, that some people don't like Donald Trump is it wasn't his turn. It was Jeb Bush's turn. And Donald Trump looked at Jeb Bush and said, you're low energy, Jeb. And that was the end of the Jeb Bush campaign. He ended it in one line. And uh, he upset the apple cart. With all of that. Anyway, whose turn is it now? Well, it's Mike Pence's turn and it's Ron DeSantis's turn. Maybe it's Nikki Haley's turn, right? So Vivek comes in there. Vivek, got to get used to saying it. And it's not his turn. He's 38. He hasn't done anything, you know, politically speaking. And yet he's polling pretty well. And uh, I'll give you a reason in the next segment why I think Vivek has maybe a outside chance. And uh, there's a reason. Nikki Haley, I think, uh, probably is the winner of the vice presidential sweepstakes. For sure, she was she I think no matter who the Republican nominee is, whether it's Trump or somebody else, unless it's her, she's the vice president. Now, if it's not Trump and it's not DeSantis, it's going to be her. That's what I think. Uh, And she was very good. She was very, very good in the the debate. Not saying I agree with everything of any of these people, okay? Not saying that. I'm just talking about their political standing. I think hers went up. Uh, Mike Pence wins the high school debate. I thought from, if you're just keeping score, once again, he did really well. I don't think he's going anywhere politically because there's other things, but uh, he was more aggressive and more animated than I've ever seen him. If this was 1988, he's the candidate. But I think we're in a time where people... uh, want to punch a little bit harder, and they want people to punch back. I'm not sure if that's good, bad, or indifferent, but that is where people are. Tim Scott didn't have enough to say. I'm disappointed because I think he's great, but uh, he didn't get out there. Um, Asa Hutchinson shouldn't be on there. And uh, Fred Bergram, Richard Bergram, uh, Ronald Berg, what's his name? Doug. Uh, I think he had a cartoon in the 90s. Doug Bergram, he did? Oh, Doug. <laughs> that was a 90s kid. I'm, I'm just joking. You know what? He he made some good remarks, I think, out there. And uh, he's the winner of of uh, Cabinet Idol, for sure. If a Republican wins, the, he's going to be the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security or something. All right, I got to take a break. Who do you think won the debate? When we come back, I'll tell you who I think might have the outside chance. I think I already told you it's Vivek. But I'm going to tell you why. And it has to do with vision. 
This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us on social media. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show. You can catch an hour of our show if you miss it, getting our Pastor Scott Show podcast wherever you get your podcast. And you can watch us right now on KKLA.com. I'll be back as the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. This is a new thing that's working out pretty well. You know, these... Pickleball! uh, They're being built all over the place. America's favorite sport. Yeah. So it's good to have you at Bedminster. It's very nice. I love it. It's a good place. Do people play pickleball? They play. I don't know what's going on. It's like... You take a look. This was a sport nobody ever heard of five years ago. And now you look at what's happening. So how many members do you have? I guess about 700 more. Did you ever blackball anyone? Uh, yeah, I get people out. I take people out. If somebody misbehaves, they have unsavory reputations. I might not accept myself, actually. You know? <laughs> I might. I actually probably would turn down me. You <laughs> So let's see. That's not good, but that's kind of like the Groucho Marx formulation. You wouldn't want to join a club that would have you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's true. Well, that was Donald Trump talking yesterday in his interview with Tucker Carlson instead of being in the Republican debate. I found that exchange actually be the most intriguing thing of the entire interview because it's Trump being sort of self critical. It's Trump. Did you catch all of that and what he said there? So he's at his uh, his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey, Trump National Golf Club. And that's where the interview happened. He's walking outside and they see the pickleball court. Pickleball, it's this weird game. You played this before now. It's like you it's like you stand on top of the you know what looks painted on the ground like a ping pong table and you sort of play ping pong in pairs. And it's like tennis and ping pong put together and, and badminton. And I don't know. I've never played it, but apparently this is a huge thing. And so he's describing that. Um, but then, you know, he the question from Tucker is, have you ever blackballed anybody? Have you ever kicked anybody out of your club? And Trump has this amazing thing that he says. Unsavory reputations. I might not. If somebody misbehaves, they have unsavory reputations. I might not accept myself, actually, you know. <laughs> I might. I actually probably would turn down me. <laughs> so see. That's not good, but that's kind of like the Groucho Marx formulation. You wouldn't want to join a club that would have you. Yeah, that's maybe, a, maybe that's, that's such an incredible thing. The Groucho Marx line was, "As I wouldn't join any club that would have me as a member." And uh, you know, I think if if Trump and other other politicians were more like that more often, uh, <clears throat> I think they just get better liked. You know, Trump is one of those guys. You either like him or you really don't like him. And uh, anyway, um, you know, one of the things I've noticed, too, like in who won the debate, that's the question. If you got a, a, if you watched it and you're paying attention, you can give us a call and tell us who you think. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Something I think that matters a lot is at the end of the day, the winners are people who are able to, in a very simple way, convey some kind of vision for the country. And vision is difficult to convey. It's something that's difficult not only to articulate, but it's something to that's hard to articulate in a way that people get it, that people get what you mean. And Donald Trump, for example, he put on a hat and he had a slogan called Make America Great Again. People understood that. They wore the hat. They under, it wasn't specific, right? The, people didn't know what that meant, except that they knew it meant we're going to go a different direction. And Donald Trump is different than anybody else we've ever had. And there, were, there was so much of a statement there that said, we want 
and this is, I think, the same thing now probably that he's saying, but I, I think one of the reasons that he won was that he tapped into something that everybody felt. Yeah, we need to make America, you know, great again. Every country should probably want themselves to be great. So should America. And people tapped into that. Whenever Barack Obama ran, remember what he his thing was? Not in 2012. It was interesting because he didn't really have it in 2012 and he almost lost. Uh, 2008, though, it was yes, we can. And there was this notion of optimism, uh, a notion that said that said to a lot of people, hey, you know what? We're Americans. We can do this. And whether you like his policies or not, he wasn't specific, really, about what yes, we can meant. It was just a positive look forward at where we ought to be. And it tends to be that the people who win are people who can put forward some kind of vision, some kind of statement that that people that identifies right where people are at. Vivek Ramaswamy might have a chance, Vivek, because he has these 10 things. He said these in the debate. Once again, I would play them for you with him saying them, except that uh, Fox News is limiting everybody's use of the debate for some bizarre reason, so we're not playing it. He calls them the Ten Commandments of, uh, of being president right now, and these are the 10 things that he says. Number one, God is real. Now, we talked about that earlier in the week. He's a Hindu, um, but he supports a Judeo-Christian ethic. There's a long conversation that he has about that. We played that uh, yesterday, the day before, on the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast for that. Number one, God is real. Number two, there are two genders. Number three, human flourishing requires fossil fuels. Uh, we have to be honest about fossil fuels. You are surrounded right now by fossil fuels. The plastics that are around you, the plastics in your car, your car is not just running on fossil fuels. It's made of fossil fuels for the most part. And the reality of clean energy is something I think we should do, but it's not even quite 2% now of the world's electricity is and power is brought by non-fossil fuels, 98%. We are not going to be all driving electric cars in 2035, and we are not going to be having all you know clean energy anytime soon. And there's mining, there's other environmental concerns, there's so many problems. And we've barely budged. And all the conversation that we have, the, rea- the truth is we're just not there. And still today, fossil fuels run the world. And that's going to be there until we find a cheap way, an efficient and environmentally safe way to do solar energy, probably. You could say nuclear, and nuclear works really great. And uh, until somebody bombs a nuclear facility or there's an earthquake, then you have a much bigger problem. Um, God is real. There are two genders. Human flourishing requires fossil fuels. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is no border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Capitalism lifts people from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four. And I think he's referring to the the bureaucracy, which lots of people think is is for all the different departments, all the different things. Why do we have a Department of Education? You know, the Department of Education, since its existence, education has gotten worse in the United States constantly since then. Why do we have it? Uh, it didn't work. And 10, the U.S. Constitution is the strongest guarantor of freedoms in history. Now, I think that probably resonates with most Republicans, most independents, people on the right. I think that resonates with most Democrats, actually. And uh, if he's if he's hitting the nerve with that now, it's a little longer than than, you know, yes, we can or make America great again. But that's what it means. It means the same thing. And I think he's hitting on where we're at as a culture. And if he comes in there and he says, look, I'm not 
I'm somebody who has this new fresh vision that really is bringing us back to the basics and the foundations of our country. That could catch on. Now, it might crash and burn. It might go nowhere. And, you know, he doesn't have experience and he's young. You know, I'm watching the debate going, he's really young. Um, But he's, you know, I think that if there is a winner coming out of it, it's probably him because he at least held his own. And the reason I would push him over the edge on the winner thing is these 10 things, that he is presenting actual vision. There's no policy in here necessarily, but it's not hard to derive what policies he, was, he would have. God is real. We're going to acknowledge that. There are two genders. Well, there's all kinds of policies that you can, you can obviously you know, get out of that. Human flourishing requires fossil fuels. I don't think that means he's not for recycling or for the environment or developing clean energy. I think he's about being honest about it because we're not being honest when we say we're going we're gonna to have electric cars only in California in 2035. Uh, that's just not real. I take offense at our policies and strategies. Yeah, because it's not real. And you're not going to be the governor anyway. By then, you'll be done being president. Uh, did I say that out loud? That's the other thing, by the way, that I'm looking at this, this uh, debate in this way. Uh, I don't think Joe Biden is a candidate. I think they're all talking about who's going to run against Joe Biden. I think they all beat Joe Biden, probably. But I don't know if they all beat Gavin Newsom or Hillary Clinton, who I think very likely could become the candidate, especially if Joe Biden drops out late. Uh, I don't know if uh, Ramaswamy beats those guys because he's young. He probably beats Biden. Um, I think those things matter. You know, when you look at this in any politician, you got to ask, what are they going to do? What are they really going to do? And you got to look to their foundations and what they believe. You got to look to who's funding them. Like, who do they owe? Ramaswamy has his own money. He says he doesn't own anybody. Trump was in the same ballpark. Uh, there are more politicians who are like that. I don't think uh, R.F. Kennedy uh, is bought, right? But you got to look at those things to try to derive what you think they're actually going to do. And like we said at the beginning, it matters. It matters. This is a matter of life and death for our military, for people around the world, for uh, so many different issues that impact each one of us. Elections matter. This isn't Hollywood. It is not a a popularity contest or not meant to be. I mean, obviously, it is in a, in a vote sort of way, but it really should be about who is going to lead us in the right direction to keep people safe, to keep people fed, to have a just society. And uh, we got a lot of work to do on that. All right, when we come back, we're going to update you on uh, the Supreme Court's ruling on abortion. Not the Supreme Court, but uh, other courts' rulings on the abortion pill. We've got a guest from Alliance Defending Freedom who will join us here in just a few minutes. You can watch the Pastor Scott Show now on KKLA.com. If you miss an hour of the show, subscribe to our podcast, the Pastor Scott Show podcast. And you can follow us on social media now at Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.